7 to 8 p.m. Sport On with Tabiso Musia. Well, I, I was looking for the, the the world newspaper. It was known as the Bad World in the olden days, but we changed the name to the world, which is today uh, got, a, got another name now. Mm. The point is, uh, I had been asked to go and cover the fight, and I had to struggle to try to get into Zaire because we don't have an embassy for Zaire here in South Africa, and we didn't have one during those days. So I, the nearest place to go was to Botswana. I went to Botswana, and uh, I met the commissioner for Zaire in Botswana. I tried to... I've, to induce him to get me to get to Kinshasa, but uh, he kept on spinning around the, the, you know, the ring, not, 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 not giving me the direct answer. But uh, I waited for some time in Botswana. Then I decided that we, 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 whether he gave me the permission or not, and the reason for that was because um, Botswana also had uh, an embassy. Uh, well, it had a commission in 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 Zaire. Mm. I mean, in in what called in Zambia. So I wanted to use Botswana to get to firstly to Zambia and then try and contact the what you call the ambassador for Zaire in Lusaka. Sure. So you know, after working waiting for weeks out in in Khabarani, I decided. I was going to go to Lusaka regardless of whether I had what you call a right to to come into to, to Lusaka or not. Good evening, everybody, and I thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot on this evening with me, Tabi Sumosia, Katla and Timothy producing the show. Well, we are starting off on a sad note today because the clip that we've opened with is that of... Uh, the late uh, boxing, uh, well, not boxing journalist, but the late veteran journalist, and uh, Dateles Lisu Hume, who passed away uh, recently. He's already been laid to rest. We have been informed by his family. And uh, that clip that we've pulled out is actually from an interview that we did with him last year here on the show. He was the only South African uh, to uh, actually cover the rumble in the jungle fight uh, between uh, George Foreman and Muhammad Ali in Zaire back in 1974. And he was telling us what a mission it was uh, to get to Zaire there and that's what we were talking about with Mr. Leslie Suhume uh, last year on uh, this show and there's so much more that he told us. So uh, I got into a, a, a Zambia plane mm. and I landed to Lusaka and uh, when people are filling in forms for those who are coming to stay in Lusaka or who are in transit I just to, told them that I didn't have uh, what I call a visa mm. to come into to Osaka, and I had an argument with the with the, with the commissioners that, that that were the the representatives of the commissioners that were there, and uh, I eventually I told him that you know I was a journalist from South Africa, and whether I had a visa or not, they ought to be very careful of how they treated me. <laughs> and so, they ended up by saying to me, we'll take your passport. You get into 
recycle and try and apply on your own. Now, you know, not knowing the, the international rules at the time, I left my passport in the office of those youngsters oh, no. that were there. And I went into Lusaka. And uh, I went to, co- to contact the commissioner for, 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 for Botswana mm. in, in Lusaka. So he, he expected me because my contacts in Khabarone had told him to tell him that I was coming. <laughs> what a great storyteller. And then may you soul rest in peace, Natalia Lissihume. Not only was he a journalist, but he was also one of the founding members of Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, the chairman of Kaiser Chiefs, Mr. Kaiser Mutawong, always makes a point of mentioning him when he talks about the history of the club, that this is one of the people that they had to consult with at the time to find out if they can go. Uh, what do they do now that they've been kicked out of Pirates? And Leslie Suhum advised them to start their own club, and that's how Kaiser Chiefs was formed. So our condolences are to his family. It is a Boxing Wednesday, and uh, the wait is over because this Saturday, boxing tournaments return with Rodney Berman hosting the tournament, which is aptly titled The Back for Battle. It will be different, though, to what we are used to because of the COVID-19 regulations and protocol and various measures have been put in place for this tournament at Empress Palace, which will be behind closed doors. So Jeff Ellis, the event coordinator at Golden Gloves, will talk to us about what we can expect from this tournament on a Saturday. The main fight is the Fort War Junior Middleweight final between Boyd Allen and Brendan Taser over 10 rounds with Allen's Pan-African Junior Middleweight title at stake here. And then there's also something very interesting that I saw regarding this tournament. It looks like we will have video technology in this fight, meaning that there will be a TV ring official that will look at certain decisions and have the final word. So we're going to find out how this came about. Is it a Golden Gloves initiative? Is it a BSA initiative? Because we haven't received any communication from Boxing South Africa, but you might remember that a few months ago on this show, we actually had a discussion about this, whether SA Boxing was ready for video uh, technology. So we're going to talk about that shortly. And then as promised last weekend, the legendary commentator and former BSA board member, Mr. Dumile Mateza, will join us tonight. He will give us his views on the way forward for boxing in South Africa. These are the conversations that we have been having over the past a few weeks now and um, Mr. Mateza has asked to come on to come and uh, share his views with us and we're also going to bring back AC Dinile, the boxing fundi, former ma- uh, boxing manager and promoter who also weighed in on the same subject last week which we could not finish because of the breaking news story of Pizza Musumana's resignation at Sundowns and his move to Al-Akhli that disrupted our Boxing Wednesday uh, last week. So we're going to continue that conversation uh, this evening and if you want to weigh in as usual, you can send your voice notes to this whatsapp number 061 or you can call us directly on 0891 for the story behind the action catch tabiso musia weekdays at 7 p.m so boxing is back First tournament post lockdown, well, still lockdown, but after boxing was suspended because of COVID 19, is uh, titled The Back for Battle at Emperor's Palace. It's a Golden Gloves tournament, and we are joined by event coordinator Mr. Jeff Ellis. Jeff, good evening from us on SAFM. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Uh, it's only a pleasure to be said. Thank, Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jeff. How happy are you that boxing is back? We're having our first tournament this Saturday. It's wonderful, but it's still. It's still going to be a long journey outside there. Uh, it's not going to be easy for promoters to do, and especially not easy for fighters. Mm. Um, 
having spent the week with the fighters here at uh, Embridge, um, they are so pleasant and they they're so happy to be back and fighting. But but it's a it's a big mental uh, thing as well. Uh, you know, you 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 under quarantine. You're sticking to the rules and the regulations. You can't move out. Your food gets delivered at your door. Uh, you eat and you put your food out again. It's serious stuff. So, um, you know, my advice to any promoter out there that we are sure of a second wave and uh, we need to be cautious. Like, uh, and I'm so proud of all these fighters that are so cautious. Mm. Does it mean then that they are all in a bio-bubble, Jeff, the boxers, the support staff? Um, everybody's in the boxers, the trainers, and the cornermen hmm. are, in the, on, are in the bubble right now. How, so, how long have they been there for? Uh, we came in on Sunday. Sure. So, so I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown if you like. Yes, I'll please. I'll tell you, you know, what the procedure yes, was please, to get please. us to this point. Uh, if you remember when the minister brought us to level two, he opened up the gyms as well. But before before we could um, go back into the gym and uh, do any sparring, because you know uh, if, if you got a fight, a fighting, it's only fair to the fighter to have six weeks of preparation where he can at least have four or five weeks of sparring. Mm. Uh, the sparring is essential. It's, it's really the big part of of uh, fighting and what we had to do was we took the sparring partners each each fighter had two sparring partners um, we tested this the sparring partners with the trainer and the fighter before they could go before they could start in the gym about 20 days 21 days later or, or even longer i don't have the exact dates um, we then did a retest of the, the fighter, the boxer, and, the, and, and, we've, and we've done the cornerman, mm. and we've done the officials that travels like from Cape Town. Uh, we've done them. Um, so the, and then the officials that will be officiating on the night were done today. So we we don't we the the people coming into the bubble we call it the bubble um, all of them had to be tested and we and when the result was there that is when we then went into the bubble so as soon as the result was out which was just a day or so um, we were all in the bubble including and the officials. We've got only, we've, at the moment, we've got three officials. Clocks sure. from BSA, because there were two BSA fights. When I say two BSA fights, yeah. uh, we've also got a WB, two WBA fights. So so what happens is um, um, they fall under different rules. So the officials of the WBA are here. Stan Kutsadulu is in the bubble. And uh, Neville Holtz and Clocks. Mm-hmm. Is in the in the bubble with us, so, so it's not it's sure. not that easy. Doesn't mean you're just coming back to boxing. You must remember the minister gave us a directive, yeah. and we had to stick to that, which we have. 
very, very staunch. And me being the event coordinator, and I'm only joking with you now, but, but nobody can walk past me because they've got the mask on, they've got everything on. It's, uh, we're all in a position where uh, we go from the hotel into the gym, in the, on the premises. Mm. Uh, so there's no there's no leaving anywhere. You're in the gym, and you do your training, and everyone has their time to train. So, uh, for for example, if it's seven o'clock for for Jabalani uh, McKenzie, uh, he'll train at seven o'clock, and then his opponent Eddie Capia will maybe train at five o'clock. They were all given the option on what time they would like to train, and we were able to fit everybody in. So uh, yes, and and you know you know what happens now. Normally, um, you have a, a trainer that has two cornermen with him. You mm-hmm. have the chief trainer, and then you normally have well, you can uh, the bucket man and 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 the second, which we call the second. But, but there's normally three people in the corner. Mm. So what happens in our case now? Uh, what we've done is we cannot have. Um, the extra person because we only allowed 50 people. So to do 50, to do 50 people, you, you need to cut your fights down. You can't have that many fights. Mm. You see, so we're sitting with five fights and, and obviously there's not one spectator. So we've, we're playing to an em- we're fighting to an, em- to an empty stadium. But what, but we were fortunate in that we had Empress Palace and Super Sport to tie this whole thing into a, a show uh, that's not only entertaining, mm. but visually would look exceptionally good. So where we normally do the shows uh, in the, uh, the theatre, we're not. We're now doing it in a smaller theatre with cinema-style seating and a stage and the ring below the stage so you can get the idea that it would be um, focused uh, correctly and, and give an atmosphere with all the lighting we're doing for the fighters. Because what you have, somebody says, um, if you were a fighter, and uh, you can imagine as well, you are. I know your program, so mm. uh, you're very involved. So with some of the some fighters are inclined to to perform with an audience. Mm. And some fighters are not. And some fighters that would say the gym fighter, they can perform with you and I in the gym and, and you can have a war and they could be great. But put them on the night, um, they react differently. Yes. So, so what is important and what is nice to be seen, and so much pressure on these fighters, so much pressure right now. So they'll be training, they'll be fighting with no audience at all, no noise at all. Yeah, I've seen some of the pictures actually on, on social media that cinema style um, that you were talking about there. I saw some of the pictures you've posted as golden clouds. So do you expect this tournament then, Jeff, to be the blueprint for others going forward? Because we also saw a few weeks ago it was uh, the same golden clouds that was used as a dry run for the return of boxing. It will definitely be a blueprint. I mean, uh, the last thing that anybody wants is that anyone gets in- infected. And the last thing as well, I mean, you've you got to understand these are, are, are mighty, mighty young men. They're strong, they're healthy, 
uh, it would be devastating for us if any, anybody were ill. So we're extremely strict on, on, on how, we, um, how we conduct ourselves, all of us. But it, it becomes a sort of a camaraderie. We, you know, we're excited. Every one of the fighters are excited because it gets closer and closer. And, um, you know, Friday we have the, the pre-fight medical, uh, the, the way, sorry, the way in, but also, of course, the, the fighters get tested. But um, in preparation for Saturday. And Saturday we start at 6.30. It's live on television. I, I'm just not too sure if it's 2.10 or 2.06. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's one of the channels on Supersport. It'll be live. And all, and all the five fights we got will be televised. Talk to us about those five fights. Then we've already mentioned Brandon Taser and uh, Boyd Allen. They're meeting in that final. I remember Taser actually beating Rock Nap um, in in that semi-final. Yes, correct. Now, now what we what we've done is um, having Boyd Allen and Brandon Taser fight for a ring. It's sort of a commemorative ring that they'd be fighting for. Uh, you know the, uh, the money as well. So before we were doing. A 60-40 split. Mm-hmm. We're now doing the full purse 50-50. Mm-hmm. If there's a draw, oh, so okay. bef- before we would have uh, the, the winner would have got 60. I mean, still the winner gets 60 mm-hmm. and the loser gets 40. But should it be a draw, previously we wanted two more referees to judge as well and then come up with a verdict. Mm-hmm. But we can't do it. We we limited to personnel. You must remember we allowed 50 people, mm-hmm. and we've got uh, the officials as well as all the boxing uh, people involved, and then we've got the television that's involved. Mm. So we've we got to abide by the law and only have 50 people. So absolutely no audience. Uh, but I'd, I'd just like to, if you don't mind, can I tell you a bit, a bit about the fights? Yes, that's what I was asking. We've already mentioned Boyd Allen and Brendan yeah. Taser. Talk to us about well, the I other thought, one. I thought, yeah, okay, wonderful. Now, you know we got Double Army McKenzie. Yes. Uh, who's unbeaten. Nine and oh. He's nine fights unbeaten. And, and but Double Army is special. Um, you know, one day, uh, the first time I met him, if you don't mind me just telling you a quick story. Mm. Um, when I met him and we were going to sign him at Golden Gloves, I went to the gym to see him spar. And he was sporting barefoot. Mm-hmm. And I said to Sebastian Rothman, he's training. I said, Sebastian, why is double on his, uh, aren't you scared that they stand on him with a sporting partner with a big boot? He said, no. He said, that's how double on his spars. <laughs> so uh, he fights without shoes. He spars without, well, he, sorry, not competition fighting, but that's how he trains. Anyway, he's fighting Eric Capia. Now, Eric Capia is, uh, um, is, is a DRC fighter, mm. but he's been here, he's, he's got status here, and he's been here for quite some time. And, if, and he's, he's also fought in Russia. He, he's a traveling fighter, and he's a very good fighter. So it's a big test for Jabalani. And then we got the semi final. Remember, we had, it's like the semi final, it's for, for third and fourth place. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. that's Rolf Knapp and Tristan Truta. Mm. They'll be fighting for that. And then, um, if if you remember, a while back we had the cruiser we, we had a cruiserweight uh, fight between Teton Gomes and Lebo Mashita. Mm-hmm. But Lebo Lebo beat Teton, and uh, uh, his unbeaten record was 
shaken up a bit. There. So he's on. I think he's on eight and one or seven and one now. Then mm-hmm. Lebo, uh, Lebo is a favourite, but uh, it's a nice return bout over ten rounds. And then in the in, in the in the start of the evening, we have a youngster by the name of Cohen Ray. He's five and zero. Oh. And Garabo Makubi, uh, Makubi, and Garabo, I love Garabo. He comes to fight every time he comes. He's also he's also got about three and two, but he's a he's a very very um, stand up fighter and a very big crowd pleaser. So having said all that, um, I think that we're all nervous. Mm. Um, it's, it's 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 extremely well organised that. Everybody is safe. We know we've got a we've got a deadline. And when I say a deadline, we've got a curfew on on the night of the fight, which um, should it end late, uh, nobody can leave. So what we've done is uh, we've, we've we've given everyone a, the room until the following morning. We don't want anybody to oh, rush after the fight, climbing their cars to rush home. They need to spend some time in their room, have a nice shower, relax, and stay the evening. So, so the, the 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 biggest thing and the main thing in any boxing, and no matter whether you speak to Dumela Mateza or anybody you speak to after this, will yeah. tell you that uh, the boxer comes first. Yes, and we've just got a quick voice note here, Jeff, for you. Uh, there's a question here somebody wants to ask. Um, good evening, Tabiso and your guest. Uh, Tabiso, uh, please ask um, your your guest how how is the financial impact now that he, now that the bill uh, won't have fans. Does does it have that much financial um, aspect, or it, it's more or less the same as as it was before? And Shabiso, please ask him again. Is it difficult now to get the opponents for 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 the for the for for his boxers or for their boxers? Since he can't go and look for outside uh, boxers. Okay, thanks for that. That's juicy. Yeah, there financially, um, Jeff. What are the implications considering the limitations and the fact that there's no fans? And he wants to know also: Is it hard to get boxers now because of the restrictions? Well, it's, it's, it wouldn't be hard to get boxers. Anything from international, you can't get. That's there's no international. Mm-hmm. But local fighters would able would be able to travel from a province to province. Um, but the big thing there is the quarantine, the, um, and you 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 playing to you fighting to no gate, uh, which means there's no money. Mm. There's actually not a cent coming in from anywhere. Uh, if you've got a sponsor, that's fine, and if you've got um, you know if you've got some support either by TV or, or by government, that's different. You, then you do get an income, but. Um, without a gate, it makes it extremely hard, um, uh, you know, to to maintain. You, you must remember, you can't just start boxing and and put on shows just for the sake of putting uh, a fight sure. a fight on. You understand? Mm. Uh, sorry, there's someone calling us. <laughs> 
That's fine. That's oh, fine. They can just. Okay, there. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back with you. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know. Anyway, so what I was trying to say is that it's extremely difficult for the promoter. Yeah. Every promoter is going to feel it in the pocket. You got to understand. If you put anyone in quarantine, you pay for the you pay for the the, the premises or for whatever you are, and you pay for the the food. And I guess they're staying there longer than than than, than previously because of the COVID nineteen regulations and, yes, and, and the bubble. Yes, don't, well, well, don't forget you, you you've got um, if you've got five fights, uh, you can you, you've got uh, for each fight there's six people. Mm. So you have yeah. to take care so, of them also. So you you you're booking up to fifty people. Yeah. You are setting odd people booked into the hotel. You got people coming. You allowed one reporter. You allowed one photographer, sure. and um, they they have to be screened as well. So um, you know it's 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 very very hard for a promoter. Yeah. Um, I can feel I can feel for all the promoters. I know exactly what it's all about. You mentioned TV earlier on, Jeff, and I saw that this tournament will have video technology. Firstly, is that is that correct? Is there a video official now that will look at decisions, at certain decisions during the fights? Yes, uh, yes, it is. It's a, it's a new one that we're trying, um, uh, that Supersport are trying out. So, so what happens is that uh, uh, you can you can you can watch it and you can replay it, and you can see if there was a foul, and you can notify the commissioner or the, or, or the, the what do you call it, um, uh, referee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can then tell them that you either got to deduct a point uh, or something to that effect. So Stan Christodoulou will be doing this job. Does, does he look for those decisions, or does he take his cue from the referee? No, no, he will look for that. Mm. He will look for that. But um, I, I doubt whether uh, whether anything um, will change uh, because you watch it look. Stan is one of the best in the world, so he can read a fight. He can he, he can score a fight. He's been uh, in in great fights, and he's been a top scoring official and a top referee. So just knowing the fight as well, but having a leap trying to have a look at the, uh, this new monitor and to see what it is. It's new for me. It's new f- for all of us here. Mm. And I'm sure that he's going to uh, conduct himself the right way. But he, uh, Stan won't. You see, the referee is what the final say. Mm. Uh, always. The referee is the only one who can stop a fight. He calls the doctor. Even if there's a cut, then he tells the doctor... Uh, you know, the doctor has a look and the doctor advises him to stop the fight or not stop the fight. But other than that, he will stop the fight if he sees someone taking too many blows or whatever he feels. But he may not see a headbutt or something from uh, the side, the opposite side that he is at. Yeah. And that would come up um, on the monitor. So, uh, you know, we're all going to see on Saturday Is it a first night. of its kind in South Africa? Uh, yes. Yeah, and is it a is it a, is it a super sport initiative or a boxing South Africa initiative? Uh, super sport. Oh, super sport came up with this. Yeah, and he can he can look at the monitor for any decision that he wants to basically review. Yes, but uh, but at this stage, um, it's a it's a trial and error. You you won't I doubt whether Stan would just say uh, take a point away or mm. 
do this or do that. I think that the fights will flow, mm. but I think that if there is something like a, a foul mm. or a shot that was legitimate or a shot that was um, on the baseline of someone saying below the belt, uh, do you understand? So yeah. it, it, it would be uh, if a legal shot was thrown and the, the the fighter claimed it fell, it would be picked up immediately. Okay. No, that's fine. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there, Jeff. But thanks uh, for that insight here. I think we've learned a lot here and we're going to need some of this information going forward. We wish you all the best uh, for Saturday uh, for this tournament, the first one out the blocks uh, since boxing was suspended due to COVID-19. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, that's an interesting one then. Um, Supersport has come up with an innovation there. Are they, are they allowed to do that? Come up with their own innovation to say that we want to use video technology in boxing? Should the directive not come from BSA or from the licensees or from the stakeholders? I'm not sure how that works. So we're going to have to wrap our heads around that. Uh, but that's an interesting one. But let's talk about the way forward for boxing in South Africa. And uh, we are joined on the line, as I've mentioned, over the past few weeks by a boxing analyst and former CEO of South African National Boxing Commission, uh, Mr. Dumile Mateza, former board member also of Boxing SA, I'm sure. Uncle D, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us here on SAFM. Hi, good evening. Uh, nice to be on Boxing on uh, SAFM. Thank you. I, I want to get your thoughts here on just what the last point that we discussed with Jeff Ellis. They're saying that they've got video technology for this boxing tournament on Saturday and it was the initiative of uh, Super Sport. What do you make of firstly video technology coming into boxing? Well, a uh, boxing tournament, a uh, boxing fight is three rounds per round and uh, one minute rest. It will make the rounds longer. It will uh, really waste a lot of time. And I uh, don't think, I, I'm not saying we should run away from technology, but I'm, I'm a bit worried, skeptical about having to stop a fight just to have a look at uh, what happened in a fight. And I think those things were good when the referee has an eye on them, on them and the referee makes the decision rather than somebody else from outside. How is he going to stop the fight if he sees something? Uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting thing. But sport has evolved, Uncle D. I mean, we're seeing soft football as VAR, well, yes, we, we, cricket as well, DRS. Well, we, we are. This issue, uh, it's not as simple as any other thing. It's not as simple as a VAR. It's not as simple as a replay in cricket. Or a, or, a, or a replay in rugby. Boxing is governed by an act of parliament. And if the, then the minister and the board and the stakeholders, as you said, I heard you say that, sit down and they draft the regulations. If this is not in the regulations, it cannot be brought in by a broadcaster. It must, it must be something that has been discussed at a boxing convention where stakeholders took part in it because it affects them, it affects their boxer, it affects their sport. Then they agree, yes, we think this is a good thing. Then it is put in the regulations. But if this thing is not in the regulation, it cannot be implemented. Okay, I think you've answered my question then because that's where I was trying to go with this to find out maybe should the stakeholders have been consulted and should the directive have come from Boxing South Africa. I think you've cleared that up. On that note then, we've been talking about the way forward for Boxing South Africa. In your opinion, Mr. Dumile Mateza, what's the way forward for boxing in South Africa or where are we going wrong because clearly people are not happy? I think, I think what needs to happen is boxing needs to reimagine itself. 
Boxing needs to sit down and say to themselves, what are the things that can make boxing work going forward? I agree, I've just shot down an innovation, which I think there are many other innovations that can be looked at to make boxing exciting. And those innovations are within the sport itself. And Boxing South Africa needs to sit down. And luckily, all of these innovations are commercially commercial innovations. And I think those are the things Boxing South Africa needs to look at. It needs to look at its commercial uh, issues and uh, its, 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 its marks and, and trademarks. And, and all of those things should be looked at by Boxing South Africa. For instance, let me give you a simple example. Nobody should come into the ring bringing gloves that Boxing South Africa has not okayed. Boxing South Africa has not said these gloves are the gloves we are going to use going forward. In other words, the makers of the gloves should probably be paying Boxing South Africa a fee. That's just one small thing, because they now bring gloves that are used in boxing, similar with people who produce a rugby ball, similar with the people who produce a soccer ball, similar with the people who produce a cricket ball. The same thing should happen to boxing with regard to gloves. You can't just bring a glove and nobody knows whether this glove is, uh, is, 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 a, is a glove that is okayed by Boxing South Africa and, and all of those things. And whether these people who are bringing these gloves with their name on the glove are paid in Boxing South Africa for using these gloves. And those are some of the things I think boxing should begin to look at. Okay, we've already got a caller on the line. Colin from Cape Town, good evening. Good evening, Tabi. How are you well, Colin? Ah, uh, even your guest. Tabi. Yes. I, I, I'm quite surprised that you asked your guest. They've got digital DRS, yeah. In cricket and rugby and soccer. You know something, Tabi? A good referee like Stan Christodoulou and good judges... They are only sitting a matter of three meters away, judges. A referee is a matter uh, of a meter or two away from boxes. He is not standing on one spot. He is walking around. He's following the boxes. Mm. He should be able to decide if it was a headbutt or something else like that, or if it was a low blow. So we don't need technology to take the work away from a man like we had Stan Christodoulou did world title fights. Our, tra- our referees must just be sharp, train properly, look out for what, and, and, and learn the pros and cons of boxes. But there's human error also, Colin, and we've had so yes, many... Yes, 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 yes. I know, Tabi. I, I knew you were going to question me. There are human errors. But if a human error comes in... How does it come in? Does the ref stop the fight straight away? Or does it go for a physician, a doctor, to have a look at the cut of the eye and it's for the doctor to decide? But a human error at a meter away, a half a meter or even two meters away. Remember that man's eyes are glued on those two boxes. Now you can't see if a ball's been caught 70 meters away. If it's touched the ground on a fingertip or a rugby ball's been passed forward, it's mm-hmm. frame and frame. I agree with your guest. 
it's a waste of time, three minutes and so and so. Okay. So, Loud and clear, Colin. No place for video technology in uh, boxing. I don't know if I agree because I remember there was a fight uh, with uh, Rigondo when he was fighting Moise Flores and he hit him with a blow, but it was after the bell and the referee actually missed it. And they had to actually go to the video technology to go find out if the punch came after the bell rang or before the bell. Even It took a while, though. That's what I wasn't happy with. It took a while, a while for them to make the decision. But I think sport is moving forward. Anyway, we're still going to talk about the way forward for boxing. We're also going to bring in AC Denile as we talk uh, to uh, Dumile Mateza, former CEO of the South African National Boxing Commission and a board member and he must tell us how what exactly is the role of the board because people hear us every week talk about the board, the board, the board and they want to know what does the board do? At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Mr. Mateza, the big question is you, you've been part of the board. What is the role of the board in boxing? <laughs> Well, the board is to administer the act and administer the sport. In other words, the board is there to see to you that all regulations that have to do with the sport are applied and implemented. All the issues pertaining to the act are implemented. That's the role of the board. And also to uh, probably something many boards in the past have not done is to look at how do we take the sport forward. And does everybody in this board have a different role? Do you focus on different things? Well, if you serve on a board, the board has different things. The board has a human resource subcommittee, a financial subcommittee, a marketing subcommittee, and uh, in boxing you have a uh, you have a rating subcommittee and the ratings and sanctions subcommittee. You have a whole lot of other things that you don't find in normal board. And uh, those are the things that the board should be concentrating on. So when things go wrong, is it right to direct the frustrations towards the board? Oh, yes, because it is the board that is supposed to show the way as to which direction the sport should be going. Let's also bring in on the line Ace Daniel, a boxing manager and promoter. We spoke to him last week, then finished our conversation. Ace, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Hello? Okay, no, we, we we can't hear AC Dinele there. Let's continue our conversation then with uh, Dumile Mateza. Uncle D, then what are the challenges faced by the board? When you were part of the board, did you have any challenges? Well, I think let's not see them as challenges of the board. Let's see them as challenging of boxing. The challenge of boxing is uh, boxing has never sat down to look at what really makes boxing. What is What are the commercial issues that can be exploited? in boxing. Boxing has never done that. And it is the board and boxing that should sit down and the promoters, because they are the people who promote the fights, that should sit down and say, what is the best way to put together a tournament? What is the best way to bring in sponsorship? What is the best way to secure broadcast rights? Because this going forward and backward People go as individuals to the SABC to negotiate rights, and then they come back, and they go and find a sponsor, and they mess up, they don't do all the things they promised the sponsor. Boxing gets the bad name. It's not the promoter. It's boxing that gets the bad name. Therefore, boxing needs to sit down and look at all of these things and how do we navigate ourselves, our roles, our issues around these things so that boxing can be what other sports are. 
So then, how should the makeup of the board be? Because we've uh, had a lot of uh, the people from the boxing community saying that boxers need to get involved in boxing. They need to be. Well, it's, of- it's, it's, it's not as simple as that. I've heard that too, and I've, re- I've been reading some stuff on Facebook and WhatsApp that people are saying. I think boxing is governed by an act of parliament, first of all. Okay. There was an act, the 1954 act, that was there before that covered boxing and wrestling. And then that act was changed in 2001. I was part of that process of changing that act and have the new act uh, of 2001, act number 11 of 2001. But if the act and the association between boxing, the government, and the minister, and the board doesn't work for boxing, I think the act must be dropped. Boxing must get out of that act, and boxing should take the regulations with them and use the regulations in running boxing. And boxing should be run like rugby, like cricket, like soccer, and like any other sport. And that is what happened. Because if the act doesn't work for boxing, then boxing must get out of the act because the act doesn't work for boxing at all. And since you were part of the team that came up with this act, why did you go this route back in in, in the day? What were the challenges and why did Parliament get involved? Well, the act that we heard, we had, uh, you remember the act was the 1954 act. Uh, That was there, probably one of the first, that was the oldest acts on the statutes. And uh, then it was decided that this act is so archaic, we need a new act, we need to look at new things. And uh, the minister then was Minister Nanda Balfo, who and I was acting CEO of the South African National Boxing Control Commission. And the act was changed by parliament. Parliament uh, changed few things with input from the stakeholders. And all of these things were discussed at various conventions and people came with a, some people even went to the portfolio committee without being asked to do so and presented their cases. One of the things that many people are saying was left out of that act, which was a mistake, was provincial commissions. And I think they are right. Provincial commissions have a role to play because they are the people who identify boxes who come from and from the amateur status into professional boxing. Now, we don't know, we don't get the records of the boxers who are fighting as amateurs. We don't give our boxers a normal going to the Olympic Games because it's such a tough thing to go to the Olympic Games. And those are the problems that faces the sport. And then with boxing now moving away from the act, then what will be the benefits according to you? Well, the benefits for me are huge. As long as you run boxing with governance in place, I think the ECHO is a good way of having governance in place. But you do take the regulations with you, and the regulations give you, give you enough uh, armor to be able to, 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 to exercise the governance that needs to be exercised. One of the things that then needs to happen is boxing becomes a Section 21 company not for gain, like any other sport. And then boxing runs sport boxing with a board that is outside of government. Because presently, boxing is run through the Ministry of Sport Mm -hmm. and all of that, and outside of government. So that then boxing identified... the, The important thing here is for boxing to exploit the commercial... Uh, assets that it has, which they have not, they have not expo- exploited. 
exploited commercial assets that it has, have one person who speaks to the broadcasters, have one person who speaks to the sponsors. In other words, you've got permanent sponsors for three years. You say to the sponsor, we'll give you a um, hundred or so tournaments uh, over three years. And you then have uh, about four, five, six, I'm just trying to count the months because you need to have a, a three-month break in between fights. You can have about uh, 20 fights a year. Uh, over three years, you can have 100 fights. And, and that's what you do. That's how you run the thing. So you have, you have permanent sponsors, uh, sponsors that can be uh, negotiated over three years, over five years and make sure that boxers are paid, everybody is paid, everything is paid, you look after your sponsors. Presently, it's just a mess, total mess, because everybody does his own thing. There's a question here from Siabulela Machaya Ezuite Epai, who says, can you please ask Mr. Mateza, do they get enough support from the municipalities to revive boxing, like getting halls for the youth uh, to practice? That's a good question, Siabulela, because I was asking if there are any boxing gyms in PE and people couldn't point me to one boxing gym in PE. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the the issue for me is there's a very there's a young man in, in Yutnik, I think, a Mazonka fellow who is running a club there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but what needs to happen is this boxing moving away from, with boxing moving away from the act, they take the amateurs with them because you can't leave the amateurs out. You take the amateurs with them. And I, I don't think, uh, people have this tendency of thinking that everything must come from government. I don't think uh, if municipalities want to use boxing, to, as part of their, uh, as part of their, uh, uh, what part of their, of 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 their development or whatever, mm-hmm. CSI. As, as as part of uplifting communities and all of that, it's well and good, but it's not municipalities that should carry boxing. Boxing should, as I said, boxing should identify the commercial value in boxing, and there is commercial value in boxing. There is huge commercial value in boxing. I have sat down and identified the commercial value that is there, and I have tabulated the commercial value, and I think if boxing sits down and look at the things, those are things that are used in boxing every day. Water, towels, uh, Vaseline, all of those things are used in boxing. Every day. Why not commercialize these things and get commercial value out of it? The gloves, I mentioned the gloves earlier to you. The gloves, yes. I mentioned them earlier to you. On that note, a lot of... Earlier, so, so actually, earlier we spoke about, we spoke about a, a boxing is a three-minute is, is, is round yes. and one-minute rest. Yes. Boxing has no official timekeeper. No official, there's another space there. There's some commercial value there. Time is kept manually. A guy holds a a stopwatch (laughs) here in front of him and looks at it. Uh, You can't have that if people are talking about it is digital time, we we do this in digital time. Why can't we have an official timekeeper? Okay. Uh, that, that, that's a good one. And then it can be sponsored, obviously, by a company that produces watches and all exactly. sorts of things. Exactly. Yes. 
I just don't understand why there's value for that company because the name is going to appear on television as a third, uh, 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 at the bottom of the screen when the time comes up. Yeah. On that note, then, a lot of anger or frustration has also been directed at, at the, the SABC. Do boxing problems lie with the SABC because of also... They don't. Hmm. I again say they don't because for the SABC to cover a tournament, for instance, you must ask, well, one day you must, you, must, you, must, you must have a word with Opa Masangu. Mm-hmm. And Opa Masangu, who was once head of sport at the SABC, will tell you how much money the SABC has lost through boxing. Oh. The SABC must pay the promoter a broadcast rights fee. The SABC must pay for the production. Take those trucks, the trucks moving from the SABC to the venue. That alone is probably eighty to 100,000 rand. And promoters don't understand this when they negotiate sponsorship. They should think of saying, why don't we negotiate sponsorship that will pay part of the costs of the SABC? Because we need the SABC to cover the boxing. They don't do that. They go there, they negotiate for themselves, and they think the SABC must come to the party without them thinking alongside the SABC. And that, for me, is, is, is a mis- it's something that I have been trying to get around promoters for years. Are you saying they need to give the SABC a sellable product? Exactly. You need to give the SABC a sellable product. It is the job of the promoter to do that. You don't go to the SABC first and then say, now I've got the SABC, let me go to a sponsor. You go to a sponsor and you negotiate with the sponsor and you include the SABC in that negotiation. Because the SABC has money, is losing money to pay you a broker's rights fee and then has to pay for the production. What are you helping the SABC with? The SABC is not a nanny, but look after you. And on that note, we've heard about a march to the SABC by disgruntled BSA licensees who are demanding the return of boxing. Actually, this was also uh, partly confirmed by Boxing South Africa, who said that they've had uh, rumors about this. They actually even released a statement, by the way, to say that they would take action against anybody who brings the sport into disrepute. What's your view on this march, if you've heard about it? I think I think this march is, 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 is whoever organizes the march is ill-advised. You do not negotiate a march. The SEBC, despite the fact that it's a public broadcaster, it doesn't work on stones. It works with money. The SEBC got a, a 1.3 billion rand, whatever, uh, 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 bailout. Now, do you want the SEBC to take that money and use it for commercial value by, by paying promoters for bringing boxes to the SEBC? No. In fact, the SEBC can take a proposal that is on the table presently as to the things that I've spoken about and go itself to the sponsors to get them to get the sponsorship. Hmm. The SEBC can do that. Get the sponsorship itself and then just employ a promoter to do the promotion. That's all. So there's no so by, yeah. by by doing that, the SEBC will save itself a lot of money. And it will draw a lot of audiences and it will, it will save money for itself.
So you, so you actually saying that the SABC without boxing is also losing money. They would actually like to have boxing here, but the product is just not there. The SABC would like to have any sport, boxing and any sport. But the problem is the way boxing is packaged does not suit the SABC. The way the boxing is packaged by both the promoters and the SABC and BSA, it does not solve the problems for the SABC. The SABC has a time slot of nine o'clock. The SABC has to move away from that time slot. And I think now is the time for the SABC to take a hard look at the, they have a multi-channel platform now. And I think they should take a hard look as to how they want to implement this multi-channel platform and use it for sports like football, soccer, and rugby, and all other popular sports that they don't have. Okay, loud and clear. And then there's a tweet here that wants to know, I mean, that you have so much knowledge and experience here and you are a legend. Are you still involved in any way when it comes to boxing? Well, I am trying to help another group that is uh, where we're discussing this issue of whether we should stay with the act or should move out of the act. And I am of the view that if the act doesn't work for boxing, if the act doesn't work for the boxer who comes from on or elsewhere. Uh, I, I remember Tobin Chamsa, she used to be chairperson of Boxing South Africa, I used to say boxing for many boxers from rural areas is a middle ticket out of poverty. If that act cannot do that, take a boxer out of poverty, then let's do away with the act and we run boxing as professional as we can, like football, like rugby, like the other things. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there. Uncle Dumila Mateza, thank you very much for joining us. So many people are happy to hear from you. Sajin Denze says you have a living legend there, uh, Mr. Mateza. So don't be a stranger on the show. Please come and share your views and your knowledge with us. Well, I'm always available. It's up to you whether you want to hear my voice or not. I will definitely bring you back on. We've heard you on the show a few times there. And I've got to apologize. I'm not sure what is happening uh, with uh, AC Denile. We had him on the line. We couldn't hear him. But the producers are saying they can't get through to his number. And I think we could have a problem with our regular line here. So also, if people try to dial us on the 0891 number, Sylvester, is that the one that's, that's an issue? If you try to dial us on the 0891 number and you couldn't get through, we do apologize for that. I think there was an issue with our regular line. So apologies to AC Danila. We will bring him back on as well as Andre Tesa who also wants to weigh in. And there are a couple of people now that partially disagree with Dumile Mateza. So we're going to have to keep this conversation going next week.